Welcome to Based Liberty. I'm your host, Darren Wisely. I'm not politically correct, and I'm not afraid of the consequences for the things I say. I'm simply here to speak the truth as I see it from where I'm standing, and let the chips fall where they may. Welcome to Base Liberty, fellow thought criminal. Enjoy your stay. Welcome to Base Liberty, episode 56. It's Wednesday, April 14th. Darren Wisely here, as always, just a pleasure to be with you. So on today's episode, I'm going to be continuing on from Monday's, uh, which was all about taxation and this insane system and the ridiculous arguments people make in support of it. If you didn't listen, then I highly recommend you do because today's episode is going to piggyback off that. But if you haven't or you don't feel like going back to it, it's okay. You should be able to pick up where we're at. Um, But I think the two go really well together. So Monday I talked about just how corrupt it all is, how it really doesn't make any sense. And today I'm going to dive into that a little more and kind of talk about the American tradition of resisting taxation. People say, oh, it's your patriotic duty as an American to pay your taxes. And that's just laughably absurd because anyone who says that is either lying to you or just completely ignorant of American history. And if you listen to that previous episode, you should clearly understand how there's nothing patriotic about it. You know, the office of the first lady. Give me a break. I mean, the fact that these jokers spend money like a rich teenager with daddy's credit card, it's insane. They have no incentives to be responsible or to do things people actually want other than just bribe voters and pay off their friends. If you want to be honest about patriotism, then you should know opposing taxes is the American tradition. I mean, think about it. In 76, they fought a bloody revolution over a 3% tea tax. Now at least half your income goes to some type of tax. (laughs) Oh, but my roads, my civil society. (laughs) Okay. In Thomas Jefferson's inaugural address, he talked about the freedom of labor from taxation. That's a quote. He was saying taxation is theft. That's exactly what he was saying. You see, the founding generation was influenced by this Lockean principle of natural rights. They believe government only existed to protect God-given rights, not to do pet projects and redistribute wealth and plunder people and have all these stupid agencies and spend money just because and make work programs and bailouts. No. To protect life, liberty, and property. That is it. But now the entire thing is just flipped on its head. Why? Because government is the one intruding on those rights, not protecting them. In last episode, I showed you exactly how that is. Extortion, self-incrimination, paying for more ways to harass you, the list just goes on. The lies, the corruption. 
So before the American Revolution, the king having all these wars, he went into debt, especially from the French and Indian Wars and all these other things. So he decides, you know what, I'll tax the colonists. You know, screw those guys. <laughs> and they felt that the king had absolutely no right to tax them. They felt sovereign from the king. And that's why they were so pissed off, because they felt like he had no legitimate authority to tax them. Once again, taxation is theft. Not marauds, civil society, patriotic duty. No, no, no. Theft. And the crown had this early version of what we would think of as crony capitalism, where the government would grant their buddies special favors and monopolies, like the East India Company. They were a monopoly and no one else could really compete. And for those people they would let into the market over in the colonies, well, they would tax you. And you know, people didn't like that too much. So that's how John Hancock made his fortune. He was a smuggler. Kind of like a real-life Han Solo. I mean, the guy's a hero, okay? He's bringing people goods they wanted and avoiding government extortion. That is some pretty cool stuff. We need some more John Hancocks today. So the taxes went on. You had the Stamp Act. You had, you know, soldiers being quartered in your house. I mean, think of it like if you had to give a bedroom up to an IRS agent. I mean, how much would you like that? <laughs> so they had enough. They fought a violent revolution because they knew they were being abused and they got sick of it. But today, people will just take it. What we're going through now is a thousand times what they went through. And I'm not just talking about the taxes, which alone should spark an outrage. But what about locking down businesses over just a cooked up emergency? Oh, we'll, we'll just wait for the courts to sort it out. Oh, and here we are over a year later. It, it's, it really is incredible in just a couple of hundred years how far we've regressed. How complacent we've become. I mean, if the founding generation could appear today and see just how complacent, low-T, weak the people here are, I don't know what they would do. I think they would be embarrassed. <laughs> the founding generation knew the tyranny that would come from taxes. Just like I said with Jefferson. The early government, they funded with some tariffs, some, some excise taxes. But the Constitution made it very clear direct taxes were not permissible. They had to be a portion among the states. It's Article 1, Section 8. Because they understood what would happen from something like an income tax. And obviously we've seen how that's played out. I mean, in George Washington's presidency, you may have heard of the Whiskey Rebellion. And that's when in this whiskey excise tax was really um, hurting these farmers out in western Pennsylvania because they were, they were out there and they used whiskey kind of as like a medium of exchange. And they're like, no, we're not going to pay this. So Washington leads his army out there and... Long story short, they never ended up paying the tax. See, that's the American tradition. If you feel like you're getting screwed, you stand up and do something. You don't just sit there and take the abuse. 
That's something to be proud of. Not the way people act today. It's embarrassing. It's pathetic. But you really want to thank someone for an income tax, you can thank Lincoln. Oh, St. Lincoln. And Thomas DeLorenzo points out a lot of this stuff. He's an economist and historian. I'm a really big fan of him. Uh, he's written several books on Lincoln. I have one of them back there. He tells you the truth. He's got a good one on Hamilton. And he points out that Lincoln needed to fund this massive war of northern aggression. Uh, what a lot of people call the Civil War. Of course, it wasn't a Civil War because Civil War is when two factions complete, compete for control of a government. Of course, Jefferson Davis was not trying to control Washington. The South was just trying to leave, so it's just an incorrect term. But in 1860, the average person was paying about $45 in today's money in taxes. That is it. But when you have this big war, you got to fund it. So what do they do? Well, they have this tax, but again, this is before the 16th Amendment. So the Constitution prohibited an income tax, but they called it a revenue tax, not an income tax. And I guess the courts just kind of turned a blind eye. Oh, we're in a war. You know how it is. So every time there's a war, um, there's no rule of law. It just kind of goes out the window. So that's what happened. But that was the precursor to the income tax. And they did a few other things uh, in the following years. But in 1894, they tried to pass another income tax. Grover Cleveland, probably the best American president, um, easily top two, would not go along with it. But the Supreme Court did strike it down as unconstitutional. It was, it was passed into law, but they struck it down. So... <laughs> course it's, the feds had to go back to the drawing board and say hmm we're gonna have to get more creative how we're gonna screw everyone over and what did they do they proposed a constitutional amendment in 1909 and that is how we have the income tax we're faced with today so you might ask how are people so stupid to be fooled into accepting something like this well I wondered the same thing about Rona. But seriously, just like this, it's all the way it's sold. It's the way people are manipulated. Oh, it's just temporary. Oh, it's not that big a deal. Oh, it's just a mask. Oh, it's just a vaccine. Oh, it's we're just closing it down for the short term. And what do you know a year later? And with income tax, what do you know a hundred years later? Ah... So first off, they said only the extremely rich would be taxed. That would be the equivalent of multimillionaires today. So they're saying, oh, only you know, Elon Musk is getting taxed or, or whoever. But also at that time, income did not mean wages. It was things like capital gains and, and things like that. Not money from your actual paycheck for labor. That was not what they meant by income. Income was above and beyond that. So when you make trades in the stock market, passive income, things like that. So the average person, hey, that's a good deal. Government's going to do things for us, and wages aren't going to be taxed, and only the super rich are going to foot the bill. So it's kind of like this tax the rich thing they push today. So in 1913, the 16th Amendment was ratified, got the income tax as now 
permissible under the Constitution, apparently. But what a tough year that was. The 17th Amendment and the Federal Reserve. I mean, just just a year that'll live in infamy in American history. But what's the problem with this income tax? Just like I've said in other episodes, once government gets its foot in the door, you're screwed. When the amendment was passed, the average person paid about $3 in income tax. $3. And you could say, oh, inflation, but the fact that we have so much inflation is also government's fault. But it was a very small amount. Today, the average person pays about $25,000. And that's not just people who work and make money. I'm saying out of all Americans, okay? Children, people who are retired, people who are, you know, disabled or can't work or just don't want to work. I mean, out of everyone, babies, $25,000. It's absurd. And I talked last episode about just the insane things they, they cook up to spend this money on. It's the classic bait and switch, just like with the Patriot Act or Rona. And they claim it's just a very small thing or very temporary, but once they have the power, they wield it to no end. This is, this is how the history has worked. It's very clear. What's stopping them from imposing a 100% income tax? Seriously, what is stopping them? Nothing. There's no constitutional provision. And if there was, they'd ignore it anyway. So, I mean, I can see a day, I thought about this the other day, where we have some kind of cooked up emergency, like seems like they're going to be always coming up with from here on out. And they say, oh, we need to raise taxes to, you know, near 100% to temporarily get us out of this so-called emergency. And then that happens. Some people are pissed off. A lot of people are like, oh, it's short term. It's a real bad. I mean, it's got to be a real bad emergency that they come up with. But they can come up with anything, of course. And then this emergency just conveniently never ends. And that would be one way to institute full-on socialism. What's to say that won't happen? Don't tell me it won't because you never told me this past year would have happened. It's actually very plausible. I'm not saying it's going to happen the next year or real soon, but it's, it's an idea. See, income tax turns government into an instrument of power. There was this famous bank robber back in the Wild West. I can't remember his name. And they asked him, they said, why did you rob the bank? Well, he said, well, because that's where the money is. Why does government tax us? That's where the money is. Why do they tax the rich? Why do they tax working people? There you go. And of course you hear on the Republican side, oh, we needed the flat tax, the fair tax, all this other crap. Again, it's just a distraction. And how is that any more fair? Okay, so if everyone's taxed at 10%, that oh, it sounds fair, it's 10%. Yeah, but if someone makes $20,000... They're paying $2,000 in taxes. But if someone works hard, say they create a business or they develop a skill set, and they make $200,000, well, now they're paying $20,000 in taxes. How is that fair that one person is paying $20,000, the other person is paying $2,000 for supposedly the same services? Although I, 
I have a hard time believing there's very much service going on these days. But for the same thing, one is paying 20, one is paying two. That's not fair. So, I mean, that whole thing is ridiculous too. But I really do hope you enjoyed uh, this week for your uh, beloved tax day. <laughs> the truth is just all these arguments in favor of taxes, the system they do it in, these methods... Just a classic example of government indoctrination and brainwashing. It, it is un-American, as I've shown you. The history of opposing taxation, that's the American tradition. But once they get their foot in the door, boom, game over. So, follow my Twitter, my Facebook, if you want to support this show, because I guarantee you won't hear anything about any of this on TV. You can become a member of my supporting listeners and be a thought criminal. For just $2 a month, it'll help us reach more people and change things before it's too late. And unlike taxation, this is voluntary because you're getting a service that you actually want. Got a ton of swag, too, for people who join. You can check all that out at basedliberty.com. But we got to wake people up. So I hope you have a good rest of your week. We will catch you next week. Take care and remember, taxation is the price you pay to be looted, extorted, and terrorized. <laughs> Take care.